हरे कृष्णा वी आर सो फॉर्चुनेट टू हैव हर ग्रेस बने वाले नी मंजिरी माता जी फ्रॉम सेडा रैपिड एंड माता जी विल एनाटेलास ऑन श्रीमद् भागवतम वर्स 5.7.17 पॉइंट सेवेंटी फाइव पॉइंट सेवन पॉइंट फाइव पॉइंट टेन पॉइंट सेवेंटी दिस टेक ऑफ द कॉल माता जी हरे कृष्णा थैंक यू हरे कृष्णा माई हम Thank you so much for the opportunity to glorify Lord in the association of devotees and Vaishnavas. We'll start with Mangala Charan prayers and continue um, our discussion and reading on Shrimad Bhagavatam. Om Agnana Timirandasya Agnana Anjana Shalakaya Chakshuran Militam Nina Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha श्री चैतन्य मनोबीष्ठम स्थापितमेन भूतले स्वयं रूप कदा मह्यम ददाति स्वापदाक वंदेहम श्रीगुरो श्रीयुत पदकमल श्रीगुरून वैष्णवांश्रीपम सागरजात सह गण रघुनाथाजीव साइत सवदूत परीजन सहित कृष्ण चैतन्यदेव श्रीराधाकृष्णपादिता श्री विशाखा हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधो दीन बंधो जगत्पते गोपेशा गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमोस्तुते सप्तकांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरिए वाचाकल्पतरुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिता पावनीभ्यो वैष्णवीभ्यो नमो नम श्रीकृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभुनंदीयदाधर श्रीवासादी गौरभक्तवृंदा हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत नरम चरोतम देवी सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुदीर नष्टप्रायेशु अभद्रेशु नित्यम भागवत सेवया भगवत्युतम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवति नैष्टिकुण्वता स्वतद कृष्ण पुण्यश्रवणकीर्तन हृदय तस्तोह्यभद्रा विदुनोती सुहृत्सता Hare Krishna humble obeisances once again to all the devotees on the call so we are reading um chapter 10 which is conversation between Jadavarata and Maharaja Rahuguna so we will know how a person seeking and um a person seeking absolute truth will understand every situation and try to ask from a vaishnava about the lord when we see this um rahuguna is a king but when he understood he realized he um he sensed that 
the person who is carrying the planquin is not an ordinary person. He is a self-realized soul and who has realized the absolute truth also. He immediately uh, uh, poises his obeisances and he starts inquiring about absolute truth. Um, so this is something, a big take home from this whole chapter. How in any situation beyond the body, we should uh, see a spiritual uh, living entity and also understand and seek um, from anyone, anywhere, without seeing any designation, any power, about the Absolute Truth. So we should be very um, focused in seeking about the Absolute Truth. So this wonderful chapter, the conversation, um, is often referred uh, anywhere. Like, uh, if we really want to know about the philosophical details, we should come back. I often come back to this chapter and read about the conversation between Jadabharata and Maharaja Rahaguna, a wonderful chapter. And especially today's verse is even, even wonderful and important. Um, so we'll go into the verse. Naham Vishanke Surajava Vajran Natrayaksha Sulana Yamasya Dhandat Na Agnarka Somanila Vittata Pastaraj Chanke Brusham Brahma Kulavamanath Naham Vishanke Surajava Vajran Natrayaksha Sulana Yamasya Dhandat Translation in purport by His Divine Grace Yesi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Na, not Aham, I, Vishankhe, am afraid, Sura Raja Prajat from the thunderbolt of the king of heaven, Indra, Na, Nar, Trayakshasula, from the pierce and trident of Lord Shiva, Na, Nar, Yamasya, of the superintendent of death, Yamaraja, Dandat, from the punishment, Na, Nar, Agni, of fire, Arka, of the scorching heat of the sun, Soma, of the moon, Anila, of the wind, Vittapa, of the owner of the riches, Kvera, the treasurer of the heavenly planet, Astrat from the weapons, Sankhe, I'm afraid. Brusham, very much. Brahmakula, the group of Brahmanas, Avamanath, from offending. My dear sir, I am not at all afraid of the thunderbolt of King Indra, nor am I am afraid of the serpentine piercing trident of Lord Shiva. Serpentine piercing trident of Lord Shiva, nor I am afraid of the serpenting, piercing trident of Lord Shiva. I do not care about the punishment of Yamaraja, the superintendent of death, nor am I afraid of fire, scorching sun, moon, wind, nor the weapons of Kuvera, yet I am afraid of offending a Brahmana. I am very much afraid of this. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was instructing Rupa Goswami at the Dashasvamedha Gatha in Prayaga, he pointed out very clearly the seriousness of offending a Vaishnava. He compared the Vaishnava Aparada to Hathi Mata, a mad elephant. 
When a mad elephant enters a garden, it spoils all the fruits and flowers. Similarly, if one offends a Vaishnava, he spoils all his spiritual assets. Offending a Brahmana is very dangerous, and this was known to Maharaj Rahuguna. He therefore frankly admitted his fault. There are many dangerous things, thunderbolts, fire, Yamaraja's punishment, the punishment of Lord Shiva's trident, and so forth. But none is considered as serious as offending a Brahmana, like Jadabharata. Therefore, Maharaj Rahuguna immediately descended from his plantain and fell flat before the lotus feet of the Brahmana, Jadabharata, just to be excused. So this is this wonderful verse. There are so many important points here. In this verse, the important the important thing that is like Vaishnava Aparada. So the Aparada that Maharaj Rahaguna has done was he chastised the plankwin carrier, asking what is happening? Why is my plankwin not carried properly? And he observed that he did not react or uh, so we see in the previous verses, which you all, you all might have been already uh, uh, discussed and remember, because many of you are very fortunate to be regular on this call. And I just saw a message by Samarasikamataji before the session. Um, those of us who are regular on Srimad Bhagavatam sessions at a regular time, especially because when we read, um, on our, when we listen to ourselves on uh, whenever we have a time in a day, still may not be a regular because, okay, some days we may have time, we will go to YouTube or we may go and listen. But uh, some of us who are dedicated or uh, committed, not, not like me, but most of you are committed and dedicated to the morning session, um, are very, very fortunate because at a particular time, you are doing a particular thing. Uh, and especially, even normal material things, when we do something regularly at a particular time every day, becomes our second nature, becomes automatically our habit and goes and sits in our subconscious mind. Um, and then uh, it, uh, it kind of becomes so easy for us and so difficult, which are otherwise very difficult for other people. And that too we are doing Bhagavatam. So uh, this becomes like Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. Living entities are supposed to do Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya. So then Nityam is um, explained by Acharyas as because we are all in, most of us might not be in a Sanyasa Ashrama or a Brahma Chari Ashrama where we dedicate uh, our life fully uh, into the, uh, to the scriptures and to the devotional life. Uh, many of us may uh, are in Grihastha Ashrama. So that Nityam is explained by Acharyas as regular, not 24 by 7. Actually, Nityam is 24 by 7. But the Acharyas are so merciful, they understand the difficulties of the living entities in different ashramas. Um, and when they propose, when they understand and explain something, Lord also agrees and gets pleased. So the Acharyas explain that Nityam as a regular regularity um, in attendance of the Bhagavatam classes. So when Prabhupada also translates, uh, and in many places in Bhagavatam Prabhupada, we hear that Prabhupada says regular attendance to the classes. Uh, so that regularity, I see mostly can be achieved um, when, uh, when especially uh, you are, many of the devotees are doing it in the morning. 
that's even more auspicious during the Brahma Murta time, attending and listening to uh, listening to Bhagavata. So it becomes Nithyam. So we we kind of qualifying ourselves to a Nithyam Bhagavata Seva. So sometimes we may be wondering like, you know, oh, I don't like this speaker or I already know this verse or every speaker is repeating the same thing when they are saying the same verse. Uh, it's very boring. I'm not able to focus or like I have something else going on. Um, and then we may not really have a interest in it. But if we make it a regular must thing, like how we do certain things in our life, even though we don't like as a regular must, purifies us immensely. We won't be even knowing how how much we get purified. How much we get purified by uh, doing a regular attendance and doing it as just as our responsibility or a duty, whether we like it or not. We are, uh, there are reasons for us not liking it because we are not completely purified yet. Um, irrespective of the speaker, the katha, everything, uh, pure devotees of the Lord who can um, enjoy, um, uh, will listen to anybody, even a small kid in a play, play games, speaking about Srimad Bhagavatam. But we are, some of us may not be at that stage. So we may have a lot of uh, reasons not to listen. But there is one, should be one reason to listen is, Srinvatham, uh, Nityantastopadhrani, it removes all kinds of in, inauspiciousness in our Anastaprayeshu Abhadrishu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavatyuttama Sloke Bhaktir Bhavati Naistaki It removes all kinds of inauspiciousness in our life and increases our bhakti. So that happens for sure. So that is that should be the only motivation um, for us to go and do this. And some of us who are doing that has to understand that we are very, very fortunate um, even if it is for a, uh, for some time when we are doing it regularly. Um, so here we see how um, uh, immediately, so, so many things in our life, we may be listening to it regularly, we may be knowing it. Today only um, I was uh, reading a quote in our morning uh, regular um, Bhagavatam sessions. So devotee was uh, reading a quote which is so much in line uh, with what Maharaj Raghuna has um, exhibited. So it is like hearing is important but practical application is the most important. Only then will it be possible to remember the Lord constantly. So this is something uh, Maharaj Raghuna has done. Maharaj Raghuna knows uh, that doing a Vaishnava Parada is the most dangerous kind of a thing than any of any other. So he immediately, he immediately realized his mistake and what he did, he immediately asked for forgiveness also. So most of the times we know we what we are doing is wrong. Or maybe at that point or after some time we will be knowing. But our ego, our position, um, so many other things come in our way which don't let us seek forgiveness for the offenses that we have done. But we see here, Maharaj Rahuguna is practically applying what he has learned immediately. So there are so many things that can pose an obstruction for him to do like that. He may think that I'm a king. Once if I go and ask for forgiveness to a planquin carrier, everybody will take me easy. They won't pay me respect. And, I, um, and then next time somebody else may come and seek. He didn't think of any of those things. He didn't think about his bodily designation. He didn't think about anything. He went immediately and 
seek forgiveness because he has been rude to um, uh, Maharaj uh, Bharat. So then uh, he um, he that, that's what we have seen in the previous verses. In this verse, Maharaj Raguna says, "I'm not at all afraid of thunderbolt of King Indra." Whatever the things that here Maharaj Raguna is mentioning are not ordinary things. Saying that I'm not afraid of these material things. These are all material, still very powerful things. Thunderbolt of King Indra is very powerful because Kinga is Sura Raja. So if we see in the verse, Sura Raja Vajran, Sura Raja Vajran. So he's a king of all the Devi Devatas, and he's most powerful, opulent king. And the weapons that he is carrying, his Vajrayuda is very, very powerful also. So Maharaj Raghunath is saying, I'm not afraid of thunderbolt of King Indra, nor I'm afraid of the serpentine piercing trident of Lord Shiva. So we see in other Puranas mentioned that during the sunset, especially the sunset time, Lord Shiva actually makes goes around the sky and sees that whoever is doing the activities that are not recommended at the sunset time, he he uses his trident to punish them. So that is one saying I have I have heard, um, and then in other Puranas, um, where it says that's why the sunset and sunrise times are very very important, especially for us not to sleep, not to be sleeping, not to be doing the things that we are not supposed to do. Um, so much, so much, our uh, lifestyles have been completed these days, like. Uh, people uh, during the Brahmamukta time watch movies or uh, enjoy parties, do all those things and sleep after the sunrise. So there are there are such rules that minimally we have to follow, not to incur sins, not to get punished. Is the sunset and sunrise times are very very important. Um, uh, even in in our childhood we listen that whatever we speak during those times, uh, like let's say uh, it happens. It happens also. So those sunset and sunrise times have to be very, very cautious. That sunset time, not sleeping. Sunset time, not uh, uh, not doing inauspicious things. If possible, sit down and chanting at a sunset time, or listening to a lecture in sunset time, or reading a book, or if not anything, doing something else, which like cooking and all those things are very, very important. These are small little things. If we can be aware of the sunset and sunrise times and pay our obeisances to those auspicious times and do good things, automatically we will be getting to a routine also. Uh, so, um, and then he said, "I'm not afraid of that." And then I don't care about punishment of Yamaraja. See, he is he is not saying it in a reckless way. Nowadays we see many of the people say that you know I, I don't believe in hell or heaven, so I don't care about what happens to me after the after I leave this body for the sins that I am committing. I only have one life. I have to enjoy that, and whatever is available is for my enjoyment. So I don't follow any rules and regulations. I'm not afraid of Yamaraja. I'll go and do the sins. But Maharaj Rahuguna is not saying in that sense. He is trying to establish. The supremacy or the danger situation of offending a Vaishnava. So in that relation, Maharaj Raghunath is saying, I don't care about the punishment of Amaraja, the superintendent of death. Nor am I afraid of fire, scorching sun, moon, wind, nor the weapons of Kuvera. So all of these are, all of these can cause a great damage and can be a threat to us. So Maharaj Raghunath is saying, I am not afraid of any of these things. Yet, I am afraid of offending a Brahmana. Chanke brusham 
Brahma Kula Kulavamanat Kula Avamanat. I'm afraid of offending Avamanat, offending Brahmana Kula. I'm very, very afraid of offending Brahmana Kula. So for this purport, Maharaj uh, Prabhupada refers about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's instructions to Rupa Goswami on Vaishnava Prada. So if we all observe and go and see Bhagavatam, there are many instances where great devotees, normal people offending is like, is also not excusable. They will be uh, punished and they will be reaping the uh, reactions of their actions. But most important thing that we all have to observe is that we are all not immune to offending Vaishnavas. Because most of the examples that we see in Bhagavatam, devotees, those who are on the path of self-realization, um, those who know scriptures, those who practice religious principles, they offend Vaishnavas. And we have seen that, that Vaishnava Paradas have, um, how dangerous that have turned out to them. So this kind of a verse, we may not be like thinking that, oh, this is not for me. I know that Vaishnava Parada is a big thing and I can speak on this hours and hours. But we not realizing what is an Aparada. So we, we also uh, kind of uh, convince ourselves that this is not an Aparada. This can be excused. Uh, this I can, um, uh, this is uh, okay because I'm in a position, I'm a senior devotee or uh, something like, like that. So we kind of um, do this most often. So we have to be, we have to understand more about Vaishnava Prada. Um, what is the, um, what is that, what is Vaishnava Prada? How dangerous is it and how we can protect ourselves uh, from the Vaishnava Prada? So this is very, very important and uh, there are many lectures or many classes or many articles that you may be finding on um, uh, Vaishnava Prada. So if wherever uh, you see that, you all can go and get understanding on that. So I will try to touch a little bit on um, Vaishnava Prada and then um, we can uh, uh, we can further go into the uh, next verse if we have time. So we see that this kind of same instruction, if you all remember, uh, because um, it, because here it may be a longer time, but fortunately I'm also reading in another uh, session uh, about Prithu Maharaj. So Prithu Maharaj instructions to the citizens of his city, uh, because one Prithu has an important instruction there where he says, where he talks about the Vaishnava Parada. So Prithu Maharaj says, uh, to his citizens that Vaishnava Aparada Majatu Teja Prabhavim Mahar Divis Titikshasya Tapasa Vidhyayacha Devi Pyamane Jita Devatanam Kuleswayam Raja Kulad Dvijana. So Prithu Maharaj warns his citizens. He gives instructions to his citizens before he leave everything and he go. So he gives one of the, he, he, he gives so many instructions. If we go and read Prithu Maharaj's instructions to his citizens, he explains how we should take care of Atidis, how we should be doing our devotional service, and what are, why it is important for somebody in a position to be a religious principal. So he, he has given many instructions, and one of the instructions of Prithu Maharaj is, um, um, is that 
The Brahmanas and Vaishnavas are personally glorified by their characteristic powers of tolerance, penance, knowledge and education. By dint of all these spiritual asserts, Vaishnavas are more powerful than royalty. It is therefore advised that princely order not exhibit its material powers before these two communities and should avoid offending them. So here Maharaj Ravana is a king. So Prutu Maharaj is instructing its citizens that king may be in a higher position administratively than the Brahmanas or Vaishnavas. So Vaishnavas may not be in an administrative positions like kings or an authoritative positions. But still he is saying Brahmanas and Vaishnavas. Vaishnavas are a step ahead than Brahmanas. Brahmanas are those who are on the path of self-realization, knows the rules and regulations, follows religious principles, may not be devotees all the times. They are on the path of the self-realization, maybe mostly into impersonal uh, Brahman realization or onto a, uh, or two different paths. But they, not, they may not be Vaishnavas. But Vaishnavas are already Brahmanas and devotees. So they are a step ahead. So Prithu Maharaj is saying, the Brahmanas and Vaishnavas are personally glorified. Why? Not because of their bodily composure, whether they are beautiful, dark, uh, uh, fair skin or any other things, or that they are in a position by their characteristic powers. Tolerance, titikshaswa. Tolerance, titikshaswa, tapasa, vidyaya. So why they are respected? Because of their tolerance. So this immediately reminds us of the second chapter verse 2.14 where uh, Krishna says that this material world has duality practice to uh, tolerate them. So that practicing power, that, to that tolerance uh, or towards the dualities of this material world is there in these Vaishnavas and Brahmanas. It's not that they don't see the dualities. It's not that their life is full of, uh, is a bed of roses. But they know, they learn, they have that knowledge that this is a material world. It is going to be like this. This place is not for me. And they learn to tolerate. And they penance. They, uh, they do penances, austerities. They undergo difficulties voluntarily for the pleasure of the Lord. Knowledge and education. They have the spiritual knowledge about self and the most important thing that we are not this body. So by dint of all these spiritual asserts, Vaishnavas are more powerful than royalty. It is therefore advised that the princely order not exhibit its material powers before these two communities and should avoid offending them. So we have to avoid offending Brahmanas. Vaishnava Aparada. So Aparada is an offense. Offense towards the lotus feet of the Vaishnavas should be offended. Why? We will also go into the definition of who is Vaishnava. That we also do. But first we'll go why we should, why we have to safeguard ourselves, ourselves from the doing the Vaishnava Aparada. Aparada, as we discussed, is offense. If one commits Vaishnava Aparada, all of his progress in devotional service will be checked, will be put to a check. So then immediately we may, you all may be getting it out. So I heard that devotional service is eternal. Uh, it's going to be uh, increasing, but it is not like punya or papa where it gets reduced. As, uh, as soon as we enjoy, the punya gets reduced. As soon as we suffer, the papa gets reduced. 
we heard that Vaish, um, devotional service is eternal, bhakti is eternal, and it cannot be reduced. It won't be reduced, but the progress is put to a check. So we will be stagnant where we are. We may be chanting, we may be doing so many things, uh, but if we are doing Vaishnava Paradas at the same time, we don't see any progress. Even though one is very much advanced in devotional service, if he commits offenses at the feet of a Vaishnava, his advancement is all spoiled. We won't be going anywhere. We will be getting frustrated that, oh, I'm doing so much, but why, why I can't feel the taste for the holy name? Uh, why I can't enjoy the presence of the devotees? Why I can't enjoy the lectures? Why I'm not fixed? Why I'm not regular? Why I, why I plan so much, but I won't be able to do anything? So the first thing that we have to absorb ourselves is whether I am doing any Vaishnava Aparada. If, if we are doing any Vaishnava Aparada, then our advancement is all spoiled. So, Vaishnava Aparada is described by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at the Dasameda Yajna to Rupa Goswami as the mad elephant offense. When an elephant uh, gets mad, it goes into a beautiful garden, it crushes all, everything. There is no reason for it. It just crushes. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu refers to it as Hathi Mata, as a mad elephant offense. So, the devotional service of a, a devotee has two kinds of impediments. Like, the first one is offense at the lotus feet of a Vaishnava. That is very, very important that the commonly happens to all of us. The second one is like sometimes the Supreme Personality of Godhead or his devotee desires to impede one's devotional service. So this we see the examples of the Jaya Vijaya. Uh, so where their devotional service um, uh, got an obstacle and they have to take birth as Rakshasas. So Vishnu Sakurvati Chakura says the first offense, the first thing that causes as an impediment, as an obstacle for the devotional service to Lord Krishna is offense at the lotus feet of a Vaishnava. And most, if we go little further in this, all of us are able to serve Krishna because of the mercy of Radharani. Because Krishna in real is not in need of the service of any of us. Because he gets a wonderful service from Radharani. Because of Radharani's mercy, because of Radharani's devotee uh, recommendation, when we offer something to Krishna, whether our devotional service or prasadam or anything, through Guru and Radharani, so Guru is also a personification of Radharani's mercy, and through our Guru, through Radharani, it reaches Krishna It reaches Krishna because we cannot serve Krishna directly. So when we are doing an offense to the Vaishnavas who are under the shelter of Radharani, we we are qualifying ourselves not to get the mercy of Radharani. Out of all the Vaishnava Aparadas, the foremost Aparada is the Guru Aparada. Guru Aparada, like being uh, the most grievous type of Vaishnava Aparada is called Guru Aparada. In that purport of the Prithumara's instruction, Prabhupada writes, the most grievous type of Vaishnava Parada is called Guru Aparada, which refers to the offense at the lotus feet of spiritual master. In, in the chanting of holy name of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, this Guru Aparada is considered the most grievous offense. 
Gurur Avagna Sruti Shastra Nidanam Padma Purana says that among the ten offenses committed against the chanting of the holy name, the first of these offense or disobedience of the spiritual master and blasphemy of the Vedic literature. So what is that? I have a lot of respect for my Guru. I'm doing every day the samsara Dhabanala praise. What is this? Guru Aparada. Not following the instructions of Guru. Not following our initiation oath strictly is the foremost thing that we might be doing. Many of us were very enthusiastic uh, in taking initiation and most of the time the initiation has become like any of the social status like I have a car, I have a house. So once we come into this uh, religious uh, path, the devotional service path, mostly I'm hearing so many instances all over the USA, all over the world when people come and uh, become so competitive in uh, getting first initiation, second initiation, to have an interest and to have a desire is very good because initiation is just the beginning in the service of uh, that the service that we have to do. It's a first step, but become competitive there, uh, becoming jealous, envious, and uh, bringing all kind of nonsense things also into the devotional service, and then we will be very very uh, doing upside down to get the initiation. So after the initiation is over, like as if like. Oh, I have achieved this post. I have come to now. I have become now a senior devotee because I'm second initiated. I'm first initiated. So I'm a senior. So I can apply my uh, power and authority. So it becomes mostly, the focus goes mostly towards that instead of practicing the oath that we have done to our spiritual master. We take that easily. Okay, just this one day I will uh, not follow. From tomorrow onwards I will follow. So that is a disobedience of the spiritual master and blaspheming the scriptures. So this is the biggest aparada. Blaspheming the scriptures, not having faith on the scriptures, not following the instructions that are given in the scriptures, or at least not trying to follow. Like, you know, we should at least try to follow. Most of the times we may not be able to completely follow, we may give up, but we should at least have a desire inside. So this is the important first offense that we have to avoid. Guru aparada. So this is like disobedience of the spiritual master and uh, blasphemy of Vedic literature. So Vaishnava Aparada is considered is the most is the most difficult and uh, dangerous, which becomes an obstacle for our devotional service. Those of us are who are very very serious uh, in the devotional service in the spiritual life, if we do not put check to the Vaishnava Aparada, then we are going nowhere. So if, if we are very fixed in our goal of going back to Godhead or progressing in our spiritual life, this is something that we have to put a check that we are not offending a Vaishnava. Vaishnava Aparada is very, very serious. So what happens when we do a Vaishnava Aparada? Mataji, that's okay, right? I'm doing Vaishnava Aparada, but I'm doing so much service. I'm doing book distribution. I'm chanting. Um, I'm donating so much. I'm doing so many charities. I'm cooking. What not I am doing? I'm sacrificing my personal life and then dedicated it to Krishna. So does that not nullify my Vaishnava Aparadas knowingly or unknowingly I have done? Is that not enough? Because I may not be knowing. I may not be remembering. I cannot catch each and every person. Uh, uh, I might have done so much. And in the process of when I am a temple president or when I am at a certain authority, I may not be even realizing that I am causing an aparada to a Vaishnava. Because most of the time we have a perception on, uh, of something and we declare. Instead of checking with devotees, we 
past statements most of the times. So that passing statements we should be avoiding. Our whole approach when we are approaching Vaishnavas is should be in a way that I've noticed this. What is what is happening? Is there something a trouble? That should be our approach. But most of the time we declare that he has he is not doing what he is doing right, and then we pass the statement. So that should be avoided, and we have time. So is it not enough? So let's go to go back to the point that is it not enough that I'm chanting, I'm uh, doing my deity worship, I'm doing so many, so many things. Uh, is it not enough? That does not uh, nullify all my Vaishnava Aparadas. No, it doesn't nullify. Krishna can forgive offenses at his lotus feet very easily when we go and pray to him. But he won't forgive the offenses at the lotus feet of a Vaishnava unless we go and apologize to that Vaishnava. He does not do that. He does not take, he does not, he is very protective about his devotees. So why when, the first thing that we lose when we do Vaishnava Aparada is the protection of Krishna. We never understand that. We think that, okay, devotional service is getting chipped. That is one point. We may not be progressing in devotional service. We may not be getting a taste of whatever we are doing. The other important thing that we are losing by doing a Vaishnava Prada is protection given by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. Krishna is very protective about his devotees. And when we are doing a Vaishnava Prada, he leaves us. There are so many examples. Durvas Muni's example. Durvas Muni is a sannyasi, is a brahmana. According to Varna and Ashrama, he is higher than Ambarish Maharaj. Ambarish Maharaj is a king and a gruhastha. He is a kshatriya and a gruhastha. He is not a brahmana. But the aparada that Durvas Muni has done towards Ambarisha, he has to roam the three worlds to protect himself from Sudarshan Chakra. Nobody could give him a protection. He has to go back again to Amrish Maharaj and seek forgiveness. Why could, so even big, big Vaishnava kings, they are also retired, just like Amrish Maharaj. He was always engaged in devotional service. This is a famous verse, 9.4.18. How Amrish Maharaj used to do service to uh, Lord Krishna. Still, he retired, still after this incident, with Durvasa, he divided the property to his sons, he retired. Although he was the most exalted Vaishnava, such a great Vaishnava, that because he was put into difficulty by Durvasmuni, Krishna showed his brilliance and glories in such a way that Durvasmuni was attacked by Sudarshana Chakra and for fear of life, even there is fear, Durvasmuni, a great yogi, there is no comparison of his yogic mystic power. Immediately for the sake of his life, to protect his life, he went all over the universe for protection and when he could not get the protection, he went to Lord Brahma. Kindly give me protection. He refused. No, it is not possible. The Lord has, the Lord is angry with you and he has sent the Sudarshana Chakra. It is not in my power to give you protection. Then he went to Lord Shiva. He also refused. And at last he went to Vishnu. Just see how powerful yogi he was. He could go personally from this planet to the topmost planet. So he is a very powerful yogi. All of us even cannot go like Durvas Muni to every planet and seek even forgiveness personally. He was such a powerful yogi 
but still he did not get any protection on the merit of his austerity, on the merit of his finances, on the merit of his devotional service, on the merit of his scriptural knowledge, or how nicely he can speak about the spiritual subjects, how great he is. No, he could not be given any protection. Vaishnava Aparada is so serious. Durvasamuni is an example. Descendants of Yadu is an example. Hiranya Kasipu, who teases his uh, great devotee Prahlada, is an example of how he did not get protection from the Lord. And Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur also mentions about Saurabhamuni, who actually uh, offends Garuda. If we see that Garuda and Kalindi pastime, we will see there. Um, and uh, he also has done in Aishnava Aparada. And most things that we see, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he, he kind of chastises his mother Sachi Mata for, uh, for offending Advaita Acharya. What kind of offense Sachi Mata did? She was upset that his older son took Sanyasi Ashrama uh, under the influence of Advaita Acharya. So she has done that offense. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not nullify her offense at the lotus feet of Advaita Acharya. So when Chaitanya Advaita Acharya comes uh, to their house and pays his obeisances to uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, at that time, at the house of Srivas Prabhu, at the house of Srivas Prabhu, uh, like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was sitting on the throne of Vishnu in his own self form at the house of Srivas Prabhu, in the, mode, in, the, in the mode of his own. You know, he says that my mother has offended the lotus feet of Advaita Acharya. Unless she offends, uh, nullifies this offense at the lotus feet of a Vaishnava, it will not be possible for her to achieve love of Krishna. So unless we are devoid of Vaishnava Paradas, we cannot understand Krishna or we cannot get the love of Krishna. Hearing, every, all the devotees hear that and they bring Advaita Acharya there and when Advaita Acharya is paying obeisances to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, at the pretense, like you know, uh, Sachi Devi uh, touches Advaita Acharya's feet, she took, he, she, took, she took advantage of that situation and she touches the Advaita Acharya's lotus feet. And this pleases Chaitanya Mahaprabhu very much and he bestows her with love of Krishna. He says, now my, now my mother's offense at the lotus feet of Advaita Acharya has been rectified and she may have love of Krishna without difficulty. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has started by the example how we have to rectify our offenses at the lotus feet of Vaishnavas. A Vaishnava Prada cannot be atoned by any other means other than begging the pardon of the offended Vaishnava. So we have to be very careful, first of all, not doing Vaishnava Prada. And whenever we get an opportunity, like when, uh, um, uh, like certain occasions, when everybody wishes us on our birthdays, or certain festivals, or whenever we feel like, we should be wholeheartedly surrendering at the lotus feet of all the Vaishnavas, and say that, I may be knowingly or unknowingly committing Vaishnava Pradas, please forgive me. Or if any one of you, or hurt personally by me, please come and share with me so that I can first ask forgiveness. So we all, we most of the time, when we ask forgiveness, we go into the mood of explaining, justifying our actions. 
forgiveness should be without any dint, any uh, kind of mixing of any of these things. Like, oh, I'm justifying my actions, I'm giving explanation, I'm so, so great, I'm so busy that day, I don't mean this. All these things we should keep aside. First of all, the minute or the fraction of hurt that we have to, done to that devotee, that should be apologized. We should forgive, we should seek forgiveness, and then we can explain our actions to the devotee. So the Vaishnava Aparada forgiveness, rectifying should be done wholeheartedly with, without mixing it with any kind of justifications or any kind of things. Pure forgiveness. Asking at the lotus feet of the Vaishnavas, whatever the occasion we get, we have to seek that occasion and then we can, um, we have to uh, seek for forgiveness. See, if our Krishna consciousness Sometimes we may not be able to do regular Krishna consciousness. If it is covered by the material sins, we can clear those material sins by chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Sometimes uh, uh, when we will not be able to be regular or we may not have a taste, sometimes our Krishna consciousness may, might have been covered by our own material sins. That can be rectified by chanting the holy names of the Lord. It is not that chanting of the holy names of the Lord uh, 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 will not purify us. Will purify us of our material sins. And it will even uproot from inside the desire to even sin. That will be uprooted. But if one, of, if one pollutes the Krishna consciousness by offending a Brahmana or a Vaishnava, one cannot revive it until one properly atones for the sin by pleasing the offended Vaishnava or a Brahmana. So there are two things here. One, we, our Krishna consciousness is covered or disturbed by the material sins. That can be rectified by constantly chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Even that chanting of Hare, Hare Krishna Mahamantra, the sadhana that we are doing, can help us realize that we have done an offense towards the Vaishnava and may help us to set a mood to go and forgiveness. But that officially we have to seek that forgiveness personally with that Vaishnava, then only our Vaishnava Aparada can be rectified. So Vaishnava Aparada can be rectified only when we seek forgiveness from the Vaishnavas that we have offended. And we can go to that stage by constantly chanting the holy names of the Lord. And some or the other day the Lord can enlighten us from inside and do that if we don't know. But we could not, we should not be uh, lenient and thinking that, okay, uh, the, I will do when I get that mood of rectifying. We should, how like we all have a uh, certain kinds of formalities that uh, we do, like we wish the devotees, we wish on the festivals, uh, we wish on birthdays. So we should also have to uh, put in our own personal uh, agenda, when I'm, I'm, when I'm saying thank you to all the devotees for wishing me, uh, on my birthday or anything, on an auspicious occasion in my house, I will also seek forgiveness from all these Vaishnavas. Personally, those with whom I am uh, interacting. Or if I am somebody who is like a temple president or a Bhakti Buksha leader or anything, uh, if I may not be able to go and seek or uh, remember all the offenses, I can wholeheartedly in a sabha, in a congregation, I can seek forgiveness. And uh, I beg, uh, beg for forgiveness from the Vaishnava. So we have to do this as a routine. So this is how to rectify a Vaishnava Aparada and we have also seen how dangerous is a Vaishnava Aparada. So we can go a little bit further. What kind of Vaishnava Aparadas we do generally?
what all, like you know, what are the Vaishnava Paradas we do? The first thing that we do is envy. We envy um, other devotees. Guru Aparada that we have already discussed, that disobedience to Guru and not following the initiation woes or the promises that we have committed to Guru and not having faith on the scriptures, that we have to rectify. The other one is, the most common thing, the most practical thing that we do is envy, envy towards other devotees. So why we become envious towards other devotees? It is because of the designations of the body. So we bring the material designations into our spiritual lives also, into the temples also, uh, into our bhakti vikshas also. So I, I don't remember exactly the whole quote. Um, I was trying to look for it, but I was short of time. Um, uh, I, many years back, I've read this quote um, uh, by Radhanath Swami Maharaj uh, in his Nectar of Drops. See, um, if we want to carry on with our material propensities or material things that, okay, I want to be a leader, I want to be this, uh, I want to be head of this, I want to be head of this, and we bring that material uh, 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 thought process and material understanding into this, it's better for us to do that materially rather than coming here and doing in the spiritual life. Then we are even more polluting ourselves. So don't bring any of the material envinesses, jealousies and all those things into our spiritual positions also. See, we often see in the temple uh, committees or temple authorities, uh, people will be envious, jealous, uh, and then trying to pull each other down or finding faults and all those things. See, there we go with the motive to serve Krishna, to keep Krishna in the center. So we have to leave those how like we leave the shoes outside the temple, jealousy, enviousness, position, all these things we have to leave outside the temple and go inside the temple like a servant of Krishna. There is no other position for us. And serve. And then we may, then you, we all may be wondering, Mataji, how it is possible? We may be seeing somebody doing offenses, somebody doing wrong things. We should not put a check to those things. So, Bhakti Siddhanta uh, Saraswati Thakur, if I am not, or Bhakti Vinod Thakur, has written a book, the Harmonious series that we see. Um, uh, there he, ex uh, he explains in what kind of a situations. Uh, we, uh, we correcting the devotees becomes right. First, when there is any good for them because of our correction, if any welfare is going to happen to them, like we are correcting them for their own good, for their welfare, not because of my personal ego or to show my supremacy or to show how great I am. When we are correcting them for their welfare, so our tone and our mood should be very humble, very pleasing um, and in a way that they can understand that. And the second thing, when our correction or our welfare is for the good of the whole community. So they are doing something wrong which is going to affect the devotees that are attending the temple or devotees that are attending the Bhakti Vriksha. The whole community is getting is at loss because of the mistake that they are doing. Either they are setting a bad example, being in a senior position, being in an authoritative position, or they are conveying wrong message to the people in the temple or a bhakti viksha, then that should be corrected. Or for our own welfare or our own, like, I'm getting offended by their behavior. I'm not able to uh, focus on Krishna. And I'm getting hurt often. And I'm in a position to serve Krishna. I, 
this is becoming an obstacle for my service to Krishna. These are the instances where we can correct the devotees. This should be the motive be behind correcting or finding a fault. Fault finding should be with this motive. Fault finding should not be for gossiping. Fault finding should not be for belittling the other Vaishnava or a devotee. Fault finding uh, should not be to show our authority or our supremacy or our seniority. Fault finding should be for the welfare of that devotee, for the welfare of the whole community or for the welfare of us, ourselves. That sometimes we also may get affected. Because we are still not at that stage where a pure Vaishnava is Trunadapi Sunichena Amanina Amanina. A Vaishnava does not seek any kind of respect or any kind of a position or any kind of a praise for himself. But still we did not go to that stage and it is affecting us. So until we become a pure Vaishnava where we are at that level, if something is affecting us, we can always say that this part of yours is affecting me and we should leave it there. We should not, uh, we should not develop it into grudge or anything. We should just say that this is hurting me, this kind of a behavior. So I'm keeping myself away from you because not for any other reason. You are a great devotee, but you... We should understand that all the devotees who are in the process of devotional service are in the process of cleansing their impurities. So when they are cleansing their impurities, every now and then their impurities will come up. Their bad things will come out. We should be understanding that, that they are in the process. Just because accidentally they have done a mistake or as they are in the process of cleansing, they are still not purified of their ego, purified of their anger, purified of their enviousness. They are acting like this. Um, so that does not make them a bad devotee, but they are, they are, uh, we have to understand that they are in the process of cleansing and these things are coming out and I should be compassionate towards them. But at the same time, I should be protecting my devotional service also. So I will understand. I understand that you are doing this because it is not intentional. It has come out from you accidentally. I'm going to forgive you for that. But your accidental behavior of this is affecting me. So I'm going to maintain a distance. But I'm not going to hate you or I'm not going to criticize you or I'm not going to consider you any less devotee. Because we are also in the process of cleansing ourselves. We know ourselves how unknowingly sometimes we get into the trap of our own anger, our own envious, our own jealousy, and we do certain things which we uh, repent later. We don't like to do that. So similarly, the other devotees are also like that. So we have to understand that they are also practicing. So when we are in a practicing stage, um, we are still completely not free of our envy. So we have to understand that. And we, we, when somebody is showing those bad qualities, we have to understand with respect to the other devotees. And we ourselves should not put a check to our own envy and our own, ang uh, our own uh, aparadas of jealousy and all those things. Because it's a great Vaishnava aparada. To envy a devotee, to be jealous of a devotee is a great aparada. We are doing that because we are still at the bodily level. We are still attached to the designations of the body. We are still not uh, we are we, uh, we are still not realized. So, according to the proportions of one's surrender unto me, I respond accordingly. So, this is from BG 4.11. Prabhupada writes, a devotee must therefore be completely free from envy, especially of other devotees. 
To any other devotees is a great offense, a Vaishnava Prada. A devotee who constantly engages in hearing and chanting, Sravanam Kirtana, is certainly freed from the disease of envy and thus he becomes eligible to go back home, back to Godhead. So this goes back to the point that we started in the beginning, the Nityam Bhagavati Seva that we are doing, even though, like you know, we may not be feeling, uh, uh, like you know, oh, uh, uh, if we may not be feeling interest in it, or we may sometimes may be boring, sometimes maybe like, uh, uh, like you know, oh, I, I know already this, but still if we can do this Nityam Bhagavata Seva, what happens? We will be free of envy. A devotee who constantly engages in hearing and chanting is certainly free from the disease of envy, and thus he becomes eligible to go back home, back to Godhead. So if one thinks that a boy, that is one aparada, to envy the pure devotees. Guru Aparada is one thing. The other thing is, if one thinks that the body of a pure devotee is material, he is an offender. For that, a Vaishnava Aparada. This is another Vaishnava Aparada. Like when we kind of this making, uh, uh, when we consider the body of a devotee, pure devotee, as a material thing, because we generally uh, uh, comment on their, uh, we, we show a distinction uh, based on the, uh, we do comments at a body level. Uh, so if we think that a body of a pure devotee is material, it is also a Vaishnava Prada. Because when a devotee no longer has any desire for material sense gratification, in his spiritual identity he engages in the service of the Lord. For his dormant spiritual consciousness awakens. This awakening of spiritual consciousness makes his body spiritual and thus he becomes fit to render service to the Lord. Karmis may consider the body of a devotee material, but factually it is not. For a devotee has no conception of material enjoyment. If one thinks that the body of a pure devotee is material, he is an offender. That is a Vaishnava Aparada. In this connection, one should consult See Sanatana Goswami's Bhagavad Bhagavatam. So I, I read this verse yesterday when I when I see this. In so in Bhagavad Bhagavatam, a Vaishnava's body is considered a Vaishnava is considered as a Vaikuntavasi. Vaikuntavasi who lives in Vaikunta. So that means he has he's having a spiritual body. He has all the appliances that the body of Lord has, that the body of Lord Vishnu has. A devotee will also have all those appliances. So his body is no longer a material body, it is a spiritual body. So, like, so what kind of offenses we do towards the body of a spiritual uh, uh, devotee? What are you talking, Mataji? We are not understanding this. That is, this, uh, this, there is an example in Chaitanya Tirtamrita, where a woman, uh, when uh, Jagannath Radhayatra is going, like stepping on the bodies of Vaishnavas, uh, touching them with the feet, like hitting them with the feet, uh, with, with our feet, or stepping on Garuda or the um, uh, any kind of statues or any kind of deities in the temple, these are all those offenses. If you remember that woman, she steps on Garuda, still she cannot see, so she goes and steps on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's servant uh, asks her to come down. Govinda, he immediately says, come down. Uh, you are doing an offense. So this is an offense that we should not be doing. Like we recklessly, carelessly sometimes uh, uh, when walking through, when going through, uh, we hit or uh, we uh, put our feet toward devotees, we put our feet towards a spiritual master or to the Vaishnava who is sitting on a Vaishnava ashram and speaking lectures. So this is a Vaishnava aparada. 
Garuda is the carrier of Lord Vishnu. He is the supreme Vaishnava. Therefore, to touch his body with one's feet or to climb the column of Garuda is certainly a Vaishnava Parada, an offense to a Vaishnava. So this is another kind of offense that we should, uh, uh, we should stop doing. That when, when we are uh, walking or uh, um, uh, when we are uh, going to the temples or uh, when we are uh, uh, visiting, when we are visiting the senior Vaishnavas or gurus or anything, we have to control our body in such a way that we are not doing these kind of offenses. So, uh, <clears throat> even in nectar of instruction, the verse 6, if we see, we find the reference to Vaishnava Paradas. When one thus criticizes a pure devotee, he commits an offense, Vaishnava Parada, which, <clears throat> the, so, which um, commits an offense, Vaishnava Parada, that is very obstructive and dangerous for those who desire to advance in Krishna consciousness. A, pun, a person cannot derive any spiritual benefit when he offends the lotus feet of a Vaishnava. Everyone should therefore be careful not to be jealous of an empowered Vaishnava. So this is another thing. When somebody is getting name and fame in the devotional service that they are doing to Krishna or a Guru, like, oh, they are very close to Guru. Uh, they are getting good name than me. Their, their lectures are reaching so much. Or their Kirtan is so good and I am also singing but mine is not. So these kind of jealousy that we should not be sowing. It is also an offense to consider an empowered Vaishnava an object of disciplinary action. It is offensive to try to give him advice or to correct him. One can distinguish between a neophyte Vaishnava and an advanced Vaishnava by their activities. The advanced Vaishnava is always situated as the spiritual master and the neophyte is always considered his disciple. So, criticizing a devotee also puts check to our devotional service. So, we have seen what is Vaishnava Parada and how dangerous it is and how we can rectify our Vaishnava Parada and we have also seen what um, what kind of Vaishnava Paradas we do. That is Guru Aparada, envious and jealous of devotees and considering the body of a Vaishnava as an ordinary thing. The last thing that we are going to see is who is a Vaishnava and for this also I am referring from Chaitanya Charitamrita, where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructs, gives his instructions to the citizens of Kuligrama. Who, they, come from, they come from Puri to, uh, they come to Puri from Bengal. Every year they come from Bengal to Puri with their families and all, and during the Chaturmasa month, and they come and visit and do the Jagannath Yatra. So first time, the instructions that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave to them always is, chant the holy names of the Lord and respect Vaishnavas. So first year when they came, they asked, who, how, do, how do we know who is the real Vaishnava? So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, anyone who even once chants the holy name of the Lord sincerely is a Vaishnava. Because we need to know who is the Vaishnava first of all. So, I mean, we should not offend anybody, we should not fault any, find fault anybody. But still we are in the process of cleansing. We still have all these kinds of impurities in us. So at least if we know... The, who is a Vaishnava, we can at least uh, avoid the Vaishnava So the first thing Chaitanya uh, Mahaprabhu says, anyone who once, even once chants the holy name of the Lord sincerely, is a Vaishnava, a devotee. He says that. So they all take this information seriously and they go back and they practice it. Again next year, they come. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says the same thing. You should chant the holy names and serve Vaishnavas. And they ask again, how do we know who is a Vaishnava? He says, at a different level. 
So he says in a different, he goes a step ahead. Anyone even upon seeing them will start to chant the holy name. That is a Vaishnava. So by seeing somebody you feel like you remember Krishna. Uh, you feel like chanting the holy name. So he says he is a Vaishnava. So and he gives another instruction the third year. Um, the third year when they come. So if we take even the first thing that anybody who even chants once is a Vaishnava. So Srila Prabhupada also in many places he says a true Vaishnava is a person who is free of envy. So we have to get that feeling. So there are many perspectives on who is a Vaishnava. On a preliminary level, one who is actually very sincerely serving and very sincerely following and actually has developed a taste for the holy name is a higher Vaishnava. He is already uh, is a great. One who chants once is also a Vaishnava. One who, uh, by seeing whom we remember Krishna, is also a Vaishnava. That particular chapter, if we go and read, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explains um, in different places, uh, uh, all the three years, uh, the definition of Vaishnava, he changes. It is not that, um, uh, uh, it is not that the previous one is wrong. He just increases, he just brings them to the next level, brings them to the next level. From the, uh, from a Madhyama Adhikari, Uttama Adhikari, to a, um, to a, uh, uh, from a Kanista Adhikari to a Madhyama Adhikari to Uttama Adhikari. So, this is the definition of a Vaishnava. Anybody who even chants once the holy name, that is a Vaishnava. So we have to be very, very careful that we are not offending a Vaishnava. Vaishnava Parada is more dangerous than any of these things. When Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was instructing Rupa Goswami at the Dasa Swayame, the Gata in Prayaga, he pointed out very clearly the seriousness of offending a Vaishnava. He compared Vaishnava Aparada to Hathi Mata, a mad elephant. When a mad elephant enters the garden, it spoils all the fruits and flowers. Similarly, if one offends a Vaishnava, he spoils all his spiritual assets. Offending a Brahmana is very dangerous. And that is known to Maharaj Rahaguna. He therefore frankly admitted his fault. There are many dangerous things, thunderbolts, fire, Emaraja's punishment, the punishment of Lord Siva and, forth, and so forth. But none is considered as serious as offending a Brahmana like Janabhatta. Therefore Maharaj Rahaguna immediately descended from his planking and fell at feet before the lotus feet of Brahmana Janabhatta just to be executed. So how we chant the holy names of the Lord every day, we have to be very careful safeguarding ourselves, protecting ourselves from Vaishnava Parada so that we don't lose the protection of Supreme Law. So I'm going to conclude here. Um, thank you all so much for uh, uh, for the opportunity and for making me remind this verse. Uh, I felt so fortunate yesterday when suddenly Shamara Sikha Mataji said, Mataji, we don't have a speaker. Then I felt like I always, all of you are so merciful on me um, that uh, uh, the service that I do actually enlightens me and purifies me more um, and helping me in purifying myself. Thank you, Mataji and everybody. Um, so anyone who wants to uh, add something, comment, uh, please go ahead um, and uh, do. Hare Krishna Mataji, Dhanur Pranam, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Guru Maharaj Ki Jai. Can you hear me Mataji? Yes Prabhu. 
Wonderful, wonderful lecture, Mataji. Thank you so much. Uh, we hear the Nama Prabh, but uh, you went in so much detail, which makes, uh, you know, one to think and be cautious about all these Aparadhas. It's wonderful uh, points you mentioned, Mataji. I liked it so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you. So nice. Anyone else would like to comment anything or add anything? Um, maybe Mataji, if no questions or comments, we can conclude the session here. Tamarasika Mataji. Hare Krishna Mataji. Thank you so much for this Nectarine, Nectarine class and on very short notice you agreed to give class and so wonderful class Mataji. Thank you so much for being always there. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Mataji. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. So if no one has any question or comments, we can end up the call here. By paying obeisances to all Vaishnavas. So, you explained very nicely about the Vaishnava Pradhas and how we can forgive or how we can beg forgiveness. So, yes, Mataji. Thank you so much. अनंत कोटि वैष्णवंद की जय श्री प्रभु पाद की जय श्री श्रीमद् भागवतम की जय